TCU Pirate Football. It's as much a part of the fabric of Eastern North Carolina as beach music and barbecue. And for decades, the story of Pirate Football game days has been told right here. To the 20, to the 10, to the 5, he's hit. Touchdown, Pirates. This is Pirate Game Day Countdown, driven by Doug Henry Automotive. I got my Doug Henry. Here's Patrick Johnson and Terrence Copper. Under the Friday night lights in the Plains, it'll be ECU taking on the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes. And we will be bringing it to you coming up at 9 o'clock tonight. Oh, it's only going to be 44 degrees in Tulsa. That's okay. I'm Patrick Johnson. Terrence Copper's alongside all-time ECU great NFL veteran. Washington Pam Pack star as well. Ben Byram is producing and uh, over providing some assistance. Uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington, is alongside with him. We welcome you in. It's been a couple of weeks since we uh, visited uh, with you. And uh, ECU coming off a bye week that followed a narrow defeat, an emotional narrow defeat to Navy. Boy, it seems like that was a long time ago. When you look back at it and everything that has kind of happened in the twists and turns in this college football season, not only for these two teams, but also just going all around uh, in uh, college football. Uh, Terrence, it's kind of, I mean, week to week, we really don't know what to expect. And uh, there, we understand there's some COVID issues still lingering on the Pirate program. So guys may not have made the trip. Working to confirm all of that solidly uh, this evening. Mike Houston talked about it a little earlier in the week. Do know the team is there. Do know they're going to be ready to play tonight. And uh, this is a uh, matchup that in recent history has been a little troublesome for ECU. Uh, yes, it has, and and this Tulsa team is a very good team. They're very very balanced. So we got our work cut out for us, but we also are becoming a very balanced team as well. You know, so uh, we're we're not a team that that you can just think that you're going to beat us easily. So they Tulsa got to be prepared for us because I'm quite sure we be prepared for them as well. Uh, ben, I, I meant to tell you too to add 16 in there. I'm sorry because I wanted to start with 16, and that is uh, Mike Houston talking about the players getting ready. And being ready, coming off uh, a week with no game, as they take on the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. All right, uh, wrapped up our typical Thursday practice. Uh, even though it's Wednesday, I think the days have us all screwed up. I don't know which, which day it is, but uh, you know, had a good Thursday. Had a good week of practice. Um, I think the kids worked hard to prepare uh, since Navy. And uh, the one thing is, they're just they're ready to go play. You know, I think they were just like me. They didn't want to buy week last week. They'd rather played, but. Uh, you know, we took advantage of that and uh, and had a little bit more preparation. Got some more guys back, and uh, we'll be ready to go. ECU one and three overall, and uh, in the American, they are one and two. It is a, a game where they come in a three score underdog. Tulsa at two and one. They'll try to go to three and zero oh in AAC play. The game, as we mentioned, late night kickoff, nine o'clock from Chapman Stadium in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where ECU has won a league championship in its football history. So, Terrence, will we look back at what was the uh, uh, game of two weeks ago against Davey, certainly not having Holt Nailers, I think, certainly had an impact on offensively what the Pirates could or maybe more appropriately could not do. That's not knocking Mason Garcia. It's just kind of the way it is. But when you look at uh, this, uh, this matchup here uh, – out of the Navy game, to me, what really stands out is the way ECU has been playing defensively. I hear what you're saying about balance. I think the way the Pirates have been playing defensively, especially in their last two outings, 
is really something to get excited about. We good? Yep. All right. Sorry about that. My mic went out. But when we played Navy, our defense, we stepped up and made plays. We got after the quarterback. We we actually got some some good hits on the running back. We just gave up too many explosion plays. Uh, so we, we'll hold them, hold them, then we give up a big run or, or a big pass or something like that. But our defense is coming along very well. We just have to take – and I know we lost that game, but we have to take that confidence that we, that we played versus Navy. And even though, yeah, we got beat by Navy, but it was really a good game. We really could have won that game. Yeah. You know, so – we have to take that check. Yep, we have, we have to take that confidence into this game right here. I know we uh, have talked a lot about uh, defensively last time out that assignment football that you have to play. Mm-hmm. It's almost good that there was an open week because uh, it allows you a little extra time. It's tough to come from defending the triple option and then you're back to defending a more traditional kind of spread team. It sounds a little odd, I'm sure, to some people, but in, in all honesty, you kind of have to be – it's two different mindsets, what you're doing defensively. So that's a good part about this. This is – you had the extra time to kind of get ready for a more conventional offense that you see in college football now. Definitely. And scheme-wise, the bye week was perfect for us because, like you said, Navy runs a totally different offense than what Tulsa runs. So scheme-wise, we needed the bye week. But as player-wise and coach-wise, when you're just talking <laughs> about it, you want to get that taste out of your mouth right yeah. now. You don't want to sit on sit on a loss for a whole week without playing again. Uh, so I understand both sides of it, but scheme-wise, we needed to buy a week. ECU has been playing uh, a lot better defensively, as we mentioned. Uh, Blake Harrell talks about the uh, keys to success defending this Tulsa offense. Here is the Pirate first-year defensive coordinator. Yeah, they're, they're certainly a good offense, and uh, you know, experienced quarterback who does a really nice job running the offense and putting the ball in those receivers' hands. Huge up front, good running back. So, like you said, certain, certainly a challenge for us. Um, for us, I think we got to stop the run on, on what I call the normal downs, first and second down, and get them in third down situations, uh, you know, third and five, third and ten plus. Um, the longer the better for us. But that's that's what we got to win it at and just starts off, you know, by doing a good job with our fundamentals up front, linebacker-wise, and make sure we don't give up the big play uh, in the pass game and, and be ready to go. Uh, as we tell, tell our kids all week and even in, in the bye week last night, week, the team is more physical, plays, you know, better effort, better energy, better execution is, is going to be the team that has a chance to win the ball game in the fourth quarter. And I know that sounds kind of like a, a repeat from week to week, but it, it's very consistent from week to week. Yeah, and I think it is a good thing to get back to a more conventional thing that uh, Coach Harrell's been preaching all year. Obviously, the Pirates were ready for the triple option uh, two weeks ago, undoubtedly. When you look at heading back to this game, the way that they played, you, you kind of look at, what they did maybe against USF, and you'll have a little better idea of how they'll play defensively. But the thing that impressed, has impressed me in this last two-week stretch here uh, as far as the way the defense has played, uh, Terrence, is the way they've flown to the football. It seems like this scheme really fits the athletes ECU has on defense. Yes, and that's one big thing when it comes to having a good defense, and we're building a good defense. It's getting all 11 hats to the ball. That's one thing that coaches preach Every day in practice. Before practice, defense side of the ball, they probably do pursuit drills every day in practice. Just getting everybody to the ball in practice because what you do in practice is going to happen in the game. So uh, getting all 11 hats to the ball is huge. And then guys just doing their assignment. When you have the opportunity to make the tackle, let's make the tackle. Let's not miss it. 
You know, so those are things when it comes to building a good defensive team that you got to have. You're also playing a very good defense in Tulsa. That's one of the more impressive things about them this year has been their uh, defense, although their offense is uh, quite uh, quite good too. All right, let's talk about the Pirate uh, offense. Having Holt Naylor's back is going to make a big difference. Uh, we'll see how that will play out. Uh, again, I think you can't have Holt Naylor's throw the ball 40 or 50 times a night and have success. So, in other words, the ground game's got to get uh, going. And when you talk about Rajay Harris, Boy, what an impressive uh, first four games for this young freshman. I know. He's been playing his butt off. Uh, him, uh, 25. I forgot his name. What's number 25 name? Is that Mitchell? I think so. I like him. As, yeah. I like him as well. Uh, I like his speed. Well, Ke- Keaton Mitchell started the game at USF, as we talked about, and uh, had two big carries in the first two plays yeah. of the game. Uh, and I, I like the way that he has been integrated in there. Yes. You know, Harris has kind of been the – the guy. He's the guy. But when you have Mitchell in there who can bring a little bit of a different dynamic, mm-hmm. he's very impressive as well. Definitely. And and with Harris, like I said, we talked about this earlier in the season about these running backs trying to separate themselves from each other. And I think Harris is starting to separate himself. Um, so this is exactly what we need. He's been playing his butt off. He's been getting a lot of explosion runs, big runs for us. He's He's been making plays for us. Roger Harris wasn't playing. Keith Mitchell probably would be. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. And, and again, Mitchell has been very good. Harris, though, averaging nearly six yards a carry, that's over crazy. eighty yards a game. I mean, this is a freshman. Pirates want to run the football, and in a game like tonight, where you are a uh, decided underdog according to the Vegas odds, you do need to control tempo. You got to take mm-hmm. care of the football, but you also have to run the football to be successful. Oh, we have to run the football, but one thing we have to do, which we haven't been doing well right here lately. We've still been turning the ball over. Yeah. Uh, the turnover is going to kill us regardless. Uh, so we have to really hold on to the ball. Uh, regardless how well we're running the ball, we can't turn it over. Mike Houston says taking care of the football will be essential in this matchup. Well, I think it's the name of the game every week. Uh, and certainly, you know, we've seen just Tulsa's defense is really outstanding again this year. Uh, you know, the 16-7 to uh, game against Oklahoma State in the opener. Very impressive defensive performance there. Uh, and, of course, you know, wins their last two games against uh, UCF and USF. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge. Uh, we got to do a great job with ball security. We've got to do a great job with execution. And then, Coach, you said this week on what the Pirates need to do overall offensively. Well, I think we've got to continue to build on our last two games out uh, in that, you know, in both of those games, we executed at a much higher level than we did earlier in the season. We had very few MAs up front on the offensive line uh, against Navy and against um, South Florida. And because of that execution, you know, we were very productive in the run game. Uh, the quarterbacks had a lot more time in the pocket. Uh, and so I just think, you know, we got we to match their physicality up front, but we got to make sure we don't shoot ourselves in the foot. So as, as few as self-inflicted errors as possible, you know, which would allow us to you know, be more productive in the run game and the passing game. Speaking of that passing game, we will see Holton Aylers back tonight. I, I think Holton, the last game he played, the USF game, was his best game at quarterback. Yes. I, as far as just he looked in control, he looked comfortable. Mm-hmm. Certainly you have to have – it's a much better and different defense that you're facing this week in Tulsa than, than South Florida. But with that said, if the offensive line can give him time, he's starting to get a little bit more chemistry with his main receivers. Mm-hmm. And they're putting him in positions to, to be successful throwing the football. Yes, they are. And, and my only thing that I hope that doesn't happen this game right here is the fact Houghton has had off two weeks. Uh, and, and playing high-quality high, high quality college football, sitting out two weeks, 
even though yeah, you may be practicing or well, he may not have practiced because of the COVID, right, yeah. but sitting out Started two last weeks, Saturday, though, e- exactly. Yeah. So if he comes out a little rusty at the beginning, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm sure he'll get right back on pace. Halloween theme this week with the music since we're on the bewitching holiday eve. <laughs> Well, frightening, Ben. All right, we will be back. Uh, our Pirate Game Day countdown, PirateAnalysis.com's Daniel Shepard. A look at the last game the Pirates played, the Navy game. We'll have a, a peek at that. Ben with a preview. And uh, we'll delve into a little further on this Pirate offense. Hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick and T-Cops thoughts. This is your Pirate Game Day countdown, driven by Doug Henry Automotive. We'll have a copy of the pregame show, and we do it for our uh, postgame show. Our game day coverage is available in podcast form, and you can always uh, go back and relive the magic of things uh, with uh, our new website, 943thegame.com. Also on that website, a a feed to pirateanalysis.com, which has had great success here in the last few months. The guy who is behind that is our friend Daniel Shepard, who joins us uh, here. Uh, The shortened game week. There you go. What do we have uh, on there uh, as far as uh, this week uh, and on this Friday game day, Daniel? What you got? Uh, well, we got a preview up for the game, obviously. Um, ECU versus Tulsa uh, should be a good game under the Friday night light. Some game notes up going up about uh, you know all the trends and things going on um, with ECU. A lot of good, uh, a lot of good numbers and notes uh, on the game. Also have a feature up on Elijah Morris. Um, wrote it kind of two or three days ago. Former walk-on from Perry Sanford High School. He's not on scholarship, but he started the last two games. I spoke to his head coach uh, from Terry Sanford and also his father uh, to kind of get his backstory because I'm, you know, not a lot of people, you know, may not know where he's where he's from or kind of what his backstory is. So I wanted to uh, to kind of check that out and see, to kind of see where he come from. And it's, it's a great story. Everybody should check that out. There's also a great article up on Mason Garcia and uh, possibly uh, continuing to integrate Mason Garcia into the offense, even with Holton Naylor's back. PirateAnalysis.com there. The purveyor of that website, PirateAnalysis.com. Daniel Shepard on the line with us here. Daniel, when you look at the matchup, anything that stands out between the Pirates and Golden Hurricane? Tulsa's, you know, very good uh, defensively. They've played the number 11 team in the country twice this year, uh, Central Florida and Oklahoma State. They ended up beating Central Florida. I held them to only 26 points, and Central Florida was rolling going into that game. I had one of the better offenses in the country. Oklahoma State held them to 17 points, and, you know, a lot of that starts with uh, their linebacker core, Zayvon Collins. Uh, he's an All-American candidate, second-team All-AAC uh, last year, um, and also they have a lot of experience on the back end um, in the cornerback room. I think finding, uh, you know, some big plays there uh, offensively for the Pirates against that tough defense would be key. Uh, also getting the running game going will be important. You know, ECU has succeeded in that here through the first um, little bit of the season. So keeping that rolling, keeping the execution going will be key on Friday night. PirateAnalysis.com's Daniel Shepard. Thank you for a few moments here on this uh, game night. We appreciate it. Thank you. Just getting underway on our Pirate Game Day countdown. And right now, Ron Smith takes a look back at the narrow defeat to Navy nearly two weeks ago. East Carolina nearly erased a two-touchdown deficit in the second half on Saturday afternoon but Navy held on for a 27-23 American Athletic Conference victory at Dowdy Finkland Stadium. Navy's Nelson Smith posted a personal best rushing effort, racking up 157 yards on 17 attempts with two touchdowns. 
Jamal Carruthers also notched 82 yards with a touchdown to pace the midshipman's efforts on the ground. Junior linebacker Xavier Smith, after setting a career high in tackles with 12 last week at USF, turned in a new standard with the team's best 15. The visitors' initial drive didn't last long as Malik Fleming intercepted a throw from Morris and gave East Carolina possession at its own 12. Morris is going to throw it again. He backpedals, he looks, he throws, way overthrew his intended receiver, and it's picked off by Malik Fleming at the 10-yard line. Pirates get the pick. After the midshipmen forced a three and out, they took over at midfield and used just six plays to find the end zone as a 20-yard run by Smith Scamper made it 7-0. ECU responded on the drive following a couple of first-down conversions that put the Pirates at the Navy's 23. The reliable Verity knocked the ball through the uprights to slice the midshipmen's cushion to four. There's a snap ball down, the kick is up, and he booted that baby right on through. Sophomore lineman Rick Diabry kept the East Carolina defense chugging along just two plays into the Navy's next drive. Stripping the ball from Morris before freshman defensive lineman Elijah Morris recovered it to set the Pirates up at the midshipman's 25. And the first man is hit and hit hard. Ball comes out and the Pirates have the ball. ECU could not find the end zone, but Verity converted a 25-yard field goal to bring East Carolina within one with two minutes and 23 seconds remaining in the opening stanza. Forcing yet another Navy punt on the next midshipman possession, East Carolina finally grabbed the upper hand. Garcia found sophomore receiver Tyler Snead on a key fourth down conversion before eventually taking the ball himself three yards to pay dirt and giving the Pirates a 13-7 edge. He'll keep it. He'll go to the right side. And Garcia is in for the touchdown. The difference in the game was found in the third quarter when EC lost the football twice at midfield via a fumble and a failed fourth down conversion attempt. All while holding Navy without a point in the fourth quarter, East Carolina reduced its deficit to seven when Harris ripped off an 80-yard touchdown run down the left sideline just 45 seconds into the stanza before Verity kick from 39 yards out was true with a little over six minutes left to make it 27-23. There's Harris, he's got a big hole to the 30. He's to the 35, 40, 45, 50 down the sideline. He's at the 30, he breaks a tackle. He's at the 10 to the 5, he's in. Touchdown. For Fire Game Day Countdown, I'm Ron Smith. Time for a scoreboard update. College football scores and previews from around the nation on Pirate Game Day Countdown. First down, touchdown. ECU and Tulsa are not the only ones with a late kickoff tonight. It's why it's set to travel to Wyoming to take on the Cowboys. That game is set to kick off at 9:45. Vegas expects that game to be a close one, as the Rainbow Warriors are the underdogs by a point. Tomorrow we kick off a spooky college game day at noon with number one ranked Clemson hosting Boston College. The Tigers, without Trevor Lawrence due to a positive COVID-19 test, are still the heavy favorites by 31 and a half points. Meanwhile, 7th-ranked Cincinnati is set to take on Memphis in a heated American Conference matchup. The preview of that game is our very own Ryan Winter. We've got a number 7 Cincinnati facing off with the Memphis Tigers. Cincinnati looking to keep that winning streak going. Not afraid to show off their running game muscles as well as flexing a nasty defense in front of SMU last week. Memphis is going to have some struggles. The Tigers sport a humming offense with a diverse set of plays through quarterback Brady White grinding out the run game this season. But from what we've seen so far, Memphis is going to have to get up early if they're looking to pull out a win in this matchup. Thanks, Ron. The Bearcats are the favorites by a touchdown. Later on at 3.30, Baylor battles TCU. The Bears are the underdogs by two and a half points. At four, App State travels to Louisiana Monroe. The Mountaineers are heavily favored by 31 and a half points. At 7, the Canadian Mac Jones and second-ring Alabama host Mississippi State. The Bulldogs are underdogs by 32 points. 
And wrap it up at 10-15 with a late-night Halloween matchup. Zach Wilson and 11th-ranked BYU Cougars are set to take on Western Kentucky. The Cougars are favored by 28.5 points. If you're a Pirate Game Day Countdown College Game Day Preview, I'm Ben Barm. Pirate Game Day Countdown, we continue on here, driven by Doug Henry Automotive. Patrick Johnson and Terrence Copper with you. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. Good job there. And uh, we look at uh, the ECU offense, which uh, does get Holt Naylor's back. Uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick earlier in the week talking about what they need to do as far as having balance to have a chance against the Golden Hurricane. Well, you know, our goal is always to try to be balanced. You'll have to be balanced because they'll drop eight guys on you uh, in pass coverage. Uh, they'll play man, but they'll still drop eight. It's a lot of tight seams. It's hard to throw the ball, you know, when people drop eight guys. Uh, you got to be able to run the ball in order to get them to play some run defenses so that you can throw the ball. At the same time, you know, the, you, you just got to keep them off off kilter a little bit because you can't let them know what you're going to do. I think we're suited for that. I feel good about our run game. I feel good that we can throw the ball as well. What I'd like to see us do now is do both of them really well in one game. I think we kind of did that at South Florida. That's probably the only game we've ever we've been able to do both really well. So we're going to need to do that again. I think we're set up for that, though. So it's going to be a fun night. We'll see. Let's hope it is. Uh, Terrence, when you look at uh, the Pirates offensively, they're going to have a real challenge tonight. Tulsa, uh, one thing that has been the hallmark for them this year has been their defense. Uh, They held Central Florida to just 10 points Mm -hmm. the final three quarters of that win down in Orlando a few weeks ago. Uh, Just 5.4 yards per play. And we obviously know how good the offense has been for UCF. I mean, they're setting records even in games they lose offensively. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tulsa is stout. Tulsa's big. Tulsa's physical. And you've got to deal with a, a defense that uh, is going to make you make plays tonight. I think for ECU, you know, Coach Harrell talked about keeping them in third and long situations. I think ECU's got to avoid yes. the third and long situation. So running the football effectively and early uh, would be, be in my mind what you need to do yes we definitely got to stay ahead of the chains uh, one thing that's going to have to happen tonight and of course we don't want it to happen often but it's going to have to happen Holton had to use his legs uh, especially when it comes to drop back passing because those guys are playing tight coverage back there that d-line is pretty good it's pretty good so they're getting upfield quickly so Holton may have to it could it be it could be two ways Holton may have to use his legs to buy more time and he also may have to use his legs to get to go get the first down and get extra yardage you know so a lot of this is going to – the way Holton runs the ball his, with his legs, it's going to be – a lot of it's going to be very – it's going to be very tough to, to stop us if he can do that. Yeah. But but if he can't do it, if he's if he just sitting in the pocket, it's going to be a long night. But he has to get outside the pocket. There was some talk that we uh, – you know, questions about will Mason Garcia be integrated into this game tonight. One thing that Mason Garcia did do well. I like him. He runs the football he well. He does. So – I don't know if you'll see Mason Garcia in a passing situation tonight. I'm not even sure you're really going to see him. It would not surprise me, though, in a running situation to one, preserve Holton, Mm -hmm. and that Garcia, when he gets downhill, he's a load. He is. He can run the football very effectively. Might be a way we see him tonight. We'll see, right? Yeah, we'll see. I, I, but me personally, I don't think we'll see Garcia tonight. I'm tending to think that, but I'm I'm kind of thinking through Mm – what you're talking about, I mean, if you're in a situation where it's short yardage mm-hmm. and you want your quarterback, Garcia may be the guy to do that. 
He he may be, but I feel like Holton has legs as well. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying Garcia's. He did. Look, he didn't look. Garcia's bad. like you. He's swole. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he got some size to him. He got Notice some size. Notice that T-Cop didn't deny the fact that he's swole there. Uh, but uh, you know, I think he is. Uh, we we will see. We mm-hmm. will see. The, the other thing I think uh, when we talk about Holt Naylor's, and this is Donnie Kirkpatrick talking about him here. You know, you've expressed concern. Obviously, he's had a couple of weeks off mm-hmm. uh, from game action. Got back on the practice field Saturday, but that was after that time away. Yeah, uh, apparently, uh, false positive COVID test. Uh, although that has not really ever been uh, played out officially. Still, with that said, it can throw throw you off. Mm-hmm. So, how has Holt Nailers looked in practice this week? Well, Coach Donnie Kirkpatrick, the offensive coordinator, answered that question. I thought when he came out Saturday. The first day back, he really was able to practice. He was a little rusty with his throws. Uh, he had reverted back a little bit to dropping his uh, release a little bit from kind of the way he was doing before we got here. You know, just kind of had to get back into the groove of it like that, I thought, physically. Uh, we were very careful with him. We didn't, you know, just put him in there every play and just run him to death the first day. The protocol wouldn't let you do that anyhow. Uh, but mentally, he's been good. And he was ready for this game plan. He was ahead of me. He was asking me questions. And I was like, I'm still worried about Navy. You you get that done for Tulsa, and then we'll, we'll get on Tulsa, you know, the next week. He was ready to go Saturday, though. He was he was bugging the heck out of me, to be honest with you. All right. So, Donnie Kirkpatrick on uh, Holt Naylor's good to hear him back uh, this week. We understand that uh, some starters could be out again tonight due to the uh, COVID and contact tracing. We are shaking trees. We're looking under stones, but mum is really the word right now out of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. What's interesting in this COVID era is there's really not a media contingent traveling mm-hmm. to the game, so there's not anyone there to break uh, news. Some of our people that we rely on that be our eyes at the uh, stadium on road games, guess where they are? In Greenville, like we are here right yeah. now. So, you know, Coach Houston – and I respect this. I mean, it's the way he's always done it. It's proven to be successful. Uh, really keeps uh, a tight lid on, uh, you know, things like that becoming public. Uh, he, he really kind of keeps that that uh, circle tight when it comes to this information. You know, and, and a lot of coaches like to do that. You may have some coaches that, that like putting it out there, but a lot of coaches, they want to keep it under wraps until the last minute they have to, that they actually have to declare if a, if a player is playing or not. Because one what, what one thing that does is if you let it go too early in the week, now the, the opposing team, guess what? They're listening to our media. The same way we're listening to their media to find out things that like some tips or anything like that that we can uh, get one up on them. So they're going to listen to everything that our media is, is putting out there if somebody's not playing because of COVID or if somebody's hurt, right. uh, they're not practicing. They're going to look at all those things because now – if they they may have to game plan differently. Okay, if they know Holt's not playing, okay, Garcia, we game plan for Garcia. But if they don't know, then they have to game plan well, for both. And from what I understand, Holt Nailers is not one of them. No, that's an example. It, 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 that's that's T-Cop an example. Was just giving you a, <laughs> that's an, an example. example. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag breaking news. Yeah, no, that's an not example. The case. Uh, but let's uh, talk. Up. I mean, Coach Houston was asked this week about the testing numbers, and uh, here we go. Not that I'm going to give you. You guys can count heads. Friday night at uh, 9 o'clock. I asked him that, by the way. <laughs> I asked him that. I wanted to know. That was a good answer. Because the – well, he was asked, how's testing gone this week? Mm-hmm. And this was the the original answer to that. It's gone okay. Uh, we've had some glitches. 
you know, we're going to have some guys out, but it, uh, you know, I think Tulsa probably will too. So what would you so, do if uh, you were me? Uh, I'm sorry, I interrupted <laughs> him. What would you do if you were me? Ask him that question. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, Ter- this is in this age of where we are now. I mean, this really creates some big problems. Yes. For game planning, and you, you know, if you're in an ECU situation, you've got quality depth, but it's young depth. Mm-hmm. Young guys, guys that are getting a lot of that were, I mean, literally on a high school field this time last year taking snaps mm-hmm. in some cases. Uh, guys that uh, maybe were red shirts last year, so it's been a couple of years that, since they've played. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's an adjustment. You know this as well as anybody. And the teams, I think, at the end of the year that are still going to be standing, they're able to play. I mean, it's not a Wisconsin situation, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But those are the teams that are going to have, have guys that are capable and ready to go. And, and, and in other words, you need depth. You have to have it. Yeah. You, you have to have it. And, and you really need depth at that D-line and that O-line position. Because especially the O-line position, if you get a couple of guys or a guy out that because of COVID, not saying that we do, but a guy out, that old line is all about working together. And and if you got guys that you can't start the same five yeah. because of COVID, you know, if you can't start the same five week to week, now that that team continuity is, is kind of thrown off. You know, so, you know, COVID has played a big part in teams, whether the outcome of winning and losing. Uh, and it's like it's going to play a big, a big part in the rest of the season moving forward. Little Werewolf of London, what was your favorite – Halloween costume growing up. What was the what was the one that you looked upon most fondly? Man, back in the day, the Jason mask. That's, okay, that's classic. Peacock going around Washington scaring people back <laughs> in the good old days. Mine was Superman as like a little kid. Okay, then the Iron Sheik in college. <laughs> Wild times there. All right, we'll continue on. Uh, we'll go around the American Athletic Conference coming up, and our guys from Philly, not John Jansen. Yankee boy Sean Brace got back in this thing last week. Good week for him at 3-0. But uh, our Saturday locks on a Friday when we come back. This is Pirate Game Day Countdown driven by Doug Henry Automotive. I got my Doug Henry. Let's go around the AAC on Pirate Game Day Countdown. 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 Here's the latest news and what you need to know about this week's games in the American. Hello everyone, I'm Philip Pilkington with your look around the AAC. The action starts tomorrow at noon as Memphis travels to Cincinnati. Cincinnati is 4-0 and number 7 in the country. If they want to stay undefeated, they will have to stop Memphis's offense and their quarterback Brady White, who is completing over 70% of his passes this season. Also at noon, 1-2 and two, Temple travels down to Tulane to take on the 2-4 and four Green Wave. Both teams have struggled defensively this season. We will see if one of those teams can step it up defensively tomorrow. At 2 o'clock, 3-2 UCF travels to 2-1 and one Houston. Houston is still undefeated in the conference, and UCF is hoping to put that first mark in the loss column for the Cougars. In the nightcap, Navy travels to 5-1 and one SMU. SMU lost their last game against Cincinnati in embarrassing fashion, 42-13 in front of their home crowd. They look to bounce back this week against Navy. For Pirate Game Day Countdown, I'm the ref, Philip Pilkington. Now, a scoreboard update on Pirate Game Day Countdown. The action kicks off tomorrow at noon as fifth-ranked Georgia travels to Kentucky 
The Bulldogs are the two-touchdown favorites. Meanwhile, 20th-ranked undefeated Coastal Carolina set to take on a team the Pirates are all too familiar with in the Georgia State Panthers. Vegas thinks that one would be a close one as the Chanticleers are only favored by a point and a half at three Southern Miss host Rice. The Owls are the three-and-a-half-point underdogs. At 3.30, Skip Holtz and Louisiana Tech battle UAB. The Blazers are favored by nine-and-a-half points. At 6, 25th-ranked Boise State travels to Air Force. The Falcons are the 10-point underdogs. At 7.30, we have an American Conference matchup as 22nd-ranked SMU hosts Navy. With a preview of that game is our very own Philip the Ref Pilkington. 3-3 three and three Navy travels down to Dallas to take on 5-1 and one SMU. SMU was coming off an embarrassing home loss last week to Cincinnati, 42-13 in a game where they let up over 300 yards on the ground. The midshipman offense shouldn't be as tough to tame as they are only averaging 19 points and 186 yards on the ground this season. That is a huge step back from last year when they averaged 360 yards a game running the football. SMU's high-powered offense has already dropped 250 bombs this season, and they are averaging 517 yards a game. To top it off, they've only turned the ball over seven times through six games. We will see if they can get back to their winning ways tomorrow. For Pirate Game Day Countdown, I'm the ref, Philip Pilkington. Thanks, Philip. The Mustangs are 16-point favorites in that matchup. And wrapping up at 8, Lincoln Riley and 24th-ring Oklahoma are set to take on Texas Tech. The Red Raiders love them underdogs by 15.5 points. If you're a part game day countdown, college game day preview, I'm Ben Barham. It's time for your Saturday locks on 94.3 The Game. I'm not here to entertain you guys. This is about winning. With Yankee boy Sean Brace and John Jensen, IBX Media alums, now on Fox Sports The Gambler in Philly. Because bad things happen in Philadelphia, bad things. Now, here are the guys with your stone-cold lead pipe locks. Oh, thank you very much, P-Man. John Jansen and Sean Brace with you here. Of course, we're up in Philadelphia representing The Gambler. Make sure you check us out on the iHeartRadio app. And John, got to give a shout-out. Oh, Moore's Old Time Barbecue Chicken and Seafood. Mmm, Four locations across eastern North Carolina, Winterville, New Bern, Swansboro, and Moorhead City. I love the sounds of those cities, man, because it's just bringing me back. Come on in and bring the whole family. There's more than enough great food for everyone. They sent us up a little care package of some BBQ. How good, man. I, I cried tears of joy. I miss barbecue so much, and Moore's was so good. I, I literally, I, I cried tears of joy. It yes. I miss barbecue so much. Mm-mm. There's more than enough great food for everyone. Check them out online at moorsoldtimebbq.com. All right, John, let's get down to the business here. We're here to pick a couple games. Of course, the Pirates playing Friday Night Lights Edition. I like that. Uh, they should have no problem versus Tulsa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll see about that. Right. Uh, I expect at least a good game. I think they might end up covering this. Okay, well, we'll see what we got here. Make sure you hit us up on socials at jjansen34 at Sean underscore Brace. We got three games for you, all kicking off on Saturday, and all three are pretty darn good matchups. First up, LSU taking on Auburn, John Jansen. Right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can get them. Go Tigers! At three-point favorites, 63 is your total. This game is going down at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Your thoughts? Well, with LSU, the one problem they don't have is offense. I know they switched from Miles Brennan to T.J. Finley, and T.J. Finley looked great against South Carolina. Mm -hmm. So the problem is an offense. It's defense. But 
I think the issue you can look at with Auburn is Bo Nix has been okay this year. Six touchdowns, four interceptions, only scoring 24 points per game. I don't think they score enough. Auburn or LSU has scored more than 40 points in all their games this season, or around 40 points. Uh, 34 against Mississippi State. I mean, it's they score a lot of points. I'll take LSU. Tank Bigsby is the running back for Auburn that you have to watch out for. 24 carries, 129, two touchdowns last time out. Look, I like the Tigers as well. I think the Auburn, I think, excuse me, I like the LSU Tigers. I think Auburn are a bunch of frauds, so I'm going with Eddie wow, O. Why with the fraud? Yeah, word. I do. I, I think that, you know what, there's one team that's not ranked at this point in time, and uh, LSU, they don't deserve to be, but I think they're going to have a bounce back performance here, even though that they did just come out and win up at uh, South Carolina, 52-24 to last time out. So I like them again this week. Alright, keeping it moving. Texas and Oklahoma State. This is going to be a fun game, and I'll tell you what, the Big 12 is up for grabs. Well, who do you have in this game right here? Three and a half points spread, favored Oklahoma State. Yeah, it's up for grabs, and the Oklahoma State Cowboys look like they could be the team, maybe out of the Big 12 with Oklahoma stumbling a bit. Texas, uh, Iowa State. This is a tough game for me. If I were actually to bet it, I would likely stay away from it because Texas is just one of those offenses that can keep themselves in games and end up winning this one. However, Oklahoma State is getting Spencer Sanders back and with already a defense that's only allowing 12 points per game, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. Getting Sanders, their number one quarterback, back for this game is huge, and I think their offensive output is going to be much better. Paired with the defense, I think we'll do pretty good against Sam Ellinger and the Texas Longhorns. Give me the Cowboys. I agree. I think it's their season, their year. Uh, you know, Oklahoma's already got two losses. Of course, we've got the Big 12 championship game. We'll see how that plays out. But I like Oklahoma State to get the job done. Already 4-0 straight up, 3-1 against the spread. Uh, Sam Ellinger and that Texas offense, eh, they have their moments. Don't get me wrong. Even though they did lose that game against Oklahoma, they did look good. I'll tell you what, though, what I'm really intrigued about, 58s to total here. I think this might turn into that old-fashioned Big 12 shootout. Give me the over 58 rather than taking a side. Let's go with that. Yeah, Texas defense is bad. And again, Sanders being back is huge for Oklahoma State. So 30 like seconds that. or less on the big-time matchup. Ohio State Buckeyes are traveling to Penn State. Uh, this normally would be a raucous crowd, but you know how it is. 2020, uh, this game is at Happy Valley. Right now, we're looking at a 12, 12-and-a-half point spread, courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook, of course, in favor of Ohio State, who just rolled. Started out a little sluggish against Nebraska. They ended up winning 52-17. to of course, covering all that good stuff against Penn State. I can't go with Penn State here, John. I'm going Buckeyes. You? No, a crowd would be the one advantage that they would have, but they don't have a crowd here, and Ohio State is much better. Penn State has lost some players due to either injury before the season or opting out before the season, like Micah Parsons. Ohio State's just a much better team. All right, Friday Night Lights, East Carolina Pirates edition. What time do you think you would make it back home after the game? Oh, I, I remember some of those games. I'd make it back very, very late. I remember the Thursday night game against Temple they had a few years ago. It's, it's going to be late. I would wake up in the Pitt County Jail. Don't know what time that would be. <laughs> Don't know. Don't know. Uh, but they're very kind over there. Anyways, back over to you, P-Man. <laughs> At least you're honest, Sean. At least you're honest. There you go. Uh, <laughs> hey. Yankee boys owning his past. That's all I could say there. He made a lot of uh, money for a lot of lawyers <laughs> in the town. Uh, last week, Brace 3-0, 6 and six on the season. He's two games behind John Jansen, who's on a heater. 8-4 and four is our guy, Johnny Jansen. 
Isn't that great? Oh, here we go. A little Ghostbusters. Okay. Terrence and I'll be back with more. In fact, Kevin Monroe joins us next. He'll have the network call tonight alongside Jeff Charles. We'll pick up network coverage at 8 o'clock. We continue on with the Pirate Game Day Countdown. Often imitated, never once duplicated. The fastest two hours in radio, driven by Doug Henry Automotive. Continues, and we have Kevin Monroe joining us now. He'll be on the uh, network call uh, in a little more than two hours uh, from now. Of course, their pregame starts uh, at 8 o'clock. We're taking you to that point here on our Pirate Game Day countdown driven by Doug Henry Automotive. Uh, Kevin, off week for the uh, Pirates, a chance to uh, kind of get healthy. But the thing I thought was real interesting, Pirates defensively are still in that install process. And really the last two weeks, the defense has been – very good in my estimation. Now, what say you? I agree, Patrick. I, I thought, you know, South Florida was a huge surprise. I mean, they were helped by the offense kind of getting out to an early start and getting up on, on USF. But defensively, they uh, they kind of got after them in that game. And then heading to the Navy game, you know, you never know what to expect with Pirates against Navy because, you know, the Navy scored 70-plus points on the Pirates uh, and 60 and 50. And so oh, yeah. um, you always <laughs> worry about that. Yeah. But, I tell you what, they uh, they showed up. They showed up and they they uh, they played as well against that triple option as I've seen it uh, East Carolina team play. And so, yeah, defensively, man, that front seven, I am just super impressed with. And I think they can continue to build on that. They'll be a pretty good defense by the end of this year. Absolutely. And and Kevin, uh, I don't think you can understate this either. An off week coming off of Navy is, I think, important because you're you're defending a whole different uh, situation this week. So you go from dealing with the triple option, which I thought ECU did a really nice job defending, to dealing with the spread offense again. Not anything you've not seen before, but just getting that mentality right, coming out of disciplined assignment, defensive uh, type of football to to what you have to go up against this week. Uh, It does take a little bit of uh, kind of a a recalibrating of things, does it not? Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, it just takes you out of your whole – defensive scheme when you play a team like Navy or Army or Air Force, somebody like that, it's just uh, it's just not normal. Uh, at least this week, it's not like they have to readjust to uh, something they've never seen before because, you know, the, the, the Pirates run a similar offense. Pretty much everybody in football runs a similar offense to what Tulsa is running. And so uh, they'll just get back to normal, get back to the basics and, and get back to you know, doing their reads and, and making football plays. But the difference is they come off the Navy week you know, and, and, and USF week you know, with teams that they could play with and potentially beat to a team in Tulsa who's probably the best team they'll face this season and uh, and a team that's going to be tough to beat because mm-hmm. they are just so good at what they do. Philip Montgomery is such a good coach and uh, a senior quarterback uh, and Zach. And, and it's just a team that's clicking on all cylinders right now. And you saw that in the way they, they beat up on, on – uh, Florida. Yeah, and and uh, it's a team that defensively has kind of had a breakout year. Uh, a lot of talk this week about the linebackers Zayvon Collins, but this was a this was a team that gave Oklahoma State all they could handle earlier in the season on the road, their first home game for Tulsa. But uh, defensively, this is a uh, a Tulsa team that has kind of turned the corner. It seems like at least through their first three games. Yeah, only giving up about 18 points a game, and that's that's saying a lot in this day and age of spread football. Everybody's passing it 50 times a game. Uh, 132 on the ground and, and 217 through the air. So 
uh, teams aren't even getting 350 yards on them in total offense. So, um, again, those are those are crazy numbers in this day and age because usually teams are putting up four or 500 yards a game, good teams. And so to, to go and play a team like Oklahoma State, to play a team like UCF, and to not only hold your own but be competitive and win one of those games, uh, I think it's super impressive. And, and and they had several games last season, even though they were you know three and eight or four and uh, four and nine, I guess at the end of it, or, or four and eight at the end of it, mm-hmm. uh, three and eight coming into into Daddy Ficklin, they were a good team, and they were playing they were playing all the good teams in the conference tough, just couldn't pull out wins. Now this year they're finding a way to turn those those close games into wins. Kevin Monroe joining us uh, here, analyst on uh, the Pirate Network for uh, ECU football. Uh, Holton, Baylor, Holton Aylor's back in the fold this uh, week. Uh, we uh, have seen C.J. Johnson uh, start to emerge here, although he's been a little slow. But the, I guess when you talk about Raji Harris, Kevin, uh, he's the guy that right now would be your offensive MVP, I'd, I'd have to imagine, uh, over 82 yards a game and nearly six yards a carry. And he's coming off a, a, a superb performance against uh, Navy. What has impressed you about uh, Rajay Harris? Ah, uh, everything. You know, <laughs> he, he is a he is an all around back. I mean he he can he can make moves in the hole. He can run away from you and, and accelerate, and you not be able to catch him. He can run through you. He can run around you. I just think he's been very impressive. I mean, for a true freshman, he's got a college size body, uh, maybe even an NFL body, you know, at 5'10", 228. Um, he just, uh, he's just a super, super impressive guy. And, and I tell you what, you know, I, I can understand why Hayden has gone into the transfer portal because, you know, you see the writing on the wall when you have a guy like Mitchell in the program who's got four years to play um, because he's just that good. And, and you know, Raji's been fantastic. And then you look at the, the job that the other freshman's done, Keaton Mitchell. I mean, you know, if Raji Harris isn't in Greenville, Keaton Mitchell, who knows if he'd be that productive, but he's shown signs too. I mean, he's got some little bit of wiggle when he runs the football. Yeah, he's a different back. He's a different back than Harris. Uh, you know, he likes to kind of find a gap and hit it or get around the edge and go. Um, he's, a, he's a speedy, quick guy. Um, instead of running with his pad level low and running through guys uh, or making moves in the hole as, as Harris does. So they're, they're a good one-two punch, as you've heard Houston say several times. So, yeah, I, I pray that both of those guys stay healthy. They're going to be very, very good for a long time. Kevin Monroe with us. Uh, Kevin, as you look at uh, this game here tonight, what are your keys to the game? Well, you know, the one thing that Tulsa has struggled at is it's getting out early. You know, they've been behind in, in I think, all three games. Uh, this year they've played in and only scored a few points in the four, in, in the uh, in the first quarter. So the Pirates need to get out on them early. Get out on them early, get a couple touchdowns in the first quarter, and keep that foot on the gas pedal. So it's a it's a weird key because obviously a lot has to happen for you to score early. But I think getting points on the board early on is going to be huge. Uh, defensively, they're going to face a, an offensive attack that's tough. I mean they they're very very balanced. Uh, the quarterback can throw it. He throws it over sixty percent rate. And the running backs they've got. Three good ones. They lost Brooks in the first game to Oklahoma State with an injury, but they, they bring back Prince and Taylor and a couple other guys that can really run it. So being able to get out there and, and get Tulsa off the off the, uh, off the field, stopping that run game, putting them into long passing uh, down in distances is going to be big for the Pirates. So maintaining that run game and the line of scrimmage, defensive line of scrimmage is going to be huge. And then special teams-wise, you know, I think you got to make something happen. Uh, you, you've got to find a way to steal possessions uh, from this Tulsa team. So if you, you know if you get that fake punt opportunity or a fake field goal opportunity like you've seen them do in the past or block a field goal or block a punt, 
I think something's got to happen special teams-wise uh, to get back an extra possession and, and find a way to score points. If they can stay in this game late, they can win it. But if they let Tulsa get up on them early, it's going to be tough. If you're going to see that kind of play, which we, we saw Georgia State, you're either going to kind of see some of that early in the year uh, or off off a, an open week. And uh, that that might be – that's a good call on your part, Kevin. I think we'll keep a close eye on that tonight. Could we see something like that? Because it, it would seem like on the road trying to steal a win, as you say, steal a possession, there's a way to do it. Uh, Kevin, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Looking forward to your call with uh, Jeff later on. No problem, Patrick. Always enjoy it. Yep, thank you. I asked Coach Houston this week about maybe a, a special team's bag of tricks coming off a, an open week. Could maybe – work on that you know there's things with defense they've still not installed Mm -hmm. this is what coach houston said well i mean we've we've got stuff that we've been working on all season that we haven't uh you know put out there in all three phases so uh you know that's there's still lots i'm sure tulsa's got a lot you know i think that you know they were off for you know i don't know three or four weeks of the quarantine so i mean i've told our guys i'll be ready to expect about anything from them when you are looking to spring an upset you kind of have to uh especially on the road, get creative and do mm-hmm. some things like that, don't you, Terrence? I mean, you, we were talking about special teams in one of the breaks. That's a, a way for young guys to get on the field quickly. Mm-hmm. That's a way Kevin Monroe made his kind of career in his bones on being a, a guy that played like his uh, hair was on fire in special teams. But mm-hmm. doing something tonight, we've seen the Pirates have success this year on special teams. A trick play or just good execution can help you in a game like tonight. Definitely. Uh, tonight, we have to win the special teams battle. It can't be a, a tie. You can't. It can't be a draw. We actually got to win the special teams battle, and and that doesn't mean necessarily scoring. That means the kick return team getting a long kick return to set up a score, the punt return team uh, setting up a score, or the kickoff for the punt team. Let's let's get some down down punts. So let's get tackles inside the ten, inside the twenty. Those are the type of things that the special teams have to come out and be consistently good at. We'll take a closer look at the Golden Hurricane, who have had a really good year playing their first home game tonight. In the next hour of Pirate Game Day Countdown. WRHD HD1, Farmville, Washington, Greenville. In our fourth decade of covering Pirate Football Game Days. You can paint this with purple. Pirate Game Day Countdown, driven by Doug Henry. On 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Here's Patrick Johnson and Terrence Copper. Another hour of the fastest two in radio, the award-winning Pirate Game Day Countdown. Patrick Johnson, Terrence Copper alongside. Great to have you with us here. We'll take a closer look at Tulsa. It's been a breakout year for the Golden Hurricane defense. Can the Pirates find a crack or two and get the ground game going? We'll discuss a little bit later on. Uh, Also hear more from Coach Houston in our Houston huddle and a look at this all-time series, including the meeting to close 2019 for the Pirates at home against the Golden Hurricane. It was certainly a disappointing and bitter defeat and a bad way to end the season. How things are different now. All of that coming up. Our Pirate Game Day countdown rolls on right now. Ben Byram previewing other college football action from around the land. Ben? Time for a scoreboard update. College football scores and previews from around the nation on Pirate Game Day Countdown. First down, touchdown! The action kicks off tomorrow for a Halloween college game day 
at noon as 13th ranked Michigan is in a rivalry matchup between Michigan State. The Wolverines are favored by 23.5 points. Meanwhile, an American Conference matchup between Tulane and Temple is set to take place down in New Orleans. The Owls are the underdogs on the road by a point. At 3.30, Georgia Tech battles fourth-ranked Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish are favored by 20 points. Auburn hosts LSU in an SEC matchup. The Auburn Tigers are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. At 7.30, we have a ranked matchup between 18th-ranked Penn State and third-ranked Ohio State. The Buckeyes are five-and-a-half-point favorites. At 8, 15th-ranked UNC travels to Charlottesville to take on UVA. With a preview of that game is our very own Ryan Winter. We've got number 15, UNC, squaring up with UVA. Carolina looking to exploit Virginia's third-down difficulties and one of the worst defenses in the AAC. And the Cavaliers are preparing to control the tempo, wanting to slow the game down with their ball possession. Overall, Virginia doesn't have the pop to bring the Tar Heels down, but nonetheless, they're bringing the effort. Thanks, Ryan. The Tar Heels are touchdown favorites in that matchup. And wrap it up at 9.30, Utah State hosts San Diego State. The Aggies are seven-point underdogs. If you're a part game day countdown, college game day preview, I'm Ben Barham. Patrick Johnson, Terrence Copper with you. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. ECU Tulsa coming up at 9 o'clock tonight. We're just getting the uh, second hour of Pirate Game Day Countdown started. Tulsa has uh, gotten off to the impressive 2-1 and one beginning. Wins at uh, UCF and then beating uh, USF. So they're the, they're, the pro, they're the best program in Florida, Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and then narrowly losing the season opener to Oklahoma State. I mean, they really held Oklahoma State down. Their defense has uh, been very impressive. It is uh, keyed by uh, uh, Zavin Collins. We heard uh, Kevin and I talked about him a, a little bit ago. There's a guy who probably will uh, wind up playing on Sundays or at least have the opportunity to. Uh, as Before we get some of Terrence's thoughts on this uh, Tulsa outfit, this is their uh, coach uh, talking about the ECU Pirates. You know, now we've got a, an extremely tough test again in front of us, uh, kind of on a short week. It, it at least feels that way uh, with East Carolina coming in. You know, Coach Houston, I've got a ton of respect for him and what he does. I, I think they do a fantastic job. You can see them growing every week. Uh, their quarterback is dangerous. He keeps plays alive. He keeps you honest. Uh, he, he can make a ton of different throws. And uh, Philip uh, Montgomery uh, talking uh, there about uh, his thoughts on the ECU Pirates. Tulsa has been very good with uh, forcing turnovers this year. Pirates have struggled a little bit with uh, the turnover this year. And we were watching some stuff uh, here in the studio during one of the breaks that talked about ECU hasn't been particularly good on third down. It didn't sound right to me, so I looked it up. Pirates are 39% on third down this year collectively. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can count what happened last game where the Pirates did have some trouble on third down, but they had a true freshman quarterback make it his first ever start, and they really kind of pared the offense down. I think the first three games of that 39%, if you take out the Navy uh, performance, is a little more representative of how the Pirates are on third down this year. So when you're playing a very good defense, we discussed it earlier, uh, third down conversions, but also being in a position to convert those third downs, key for the Pirate offense. Oh, that's huge. Like I said, we got to stay ahead of the change. We talked about it earlier. First and second down is just as important as third down because that's going to determine what you need for third down, whether it's third and long or whether it's third and short yardage. Uh, so, 
like I said, first and second down is just as important for us. We got to stay ahead of the chains if we want to have opportunity to even score on this defense. When you look at what they do uh, defensively uh, or offensively, uh, Zach Smith is coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he and Holton are pretty close as far as uh, yardage thrown for. Both have been in three games uh, this year. Uh, he's the uh, Baylor transfer. They're going to kind of run that uh, hurry up kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So communication on defense, as well as just being able to get some pressure up front, is is as big a part of the game plan tonight. Being able to to get the calls in and even get guys in maybe between plays. Yeah, and that's the one reason why teams run that hurry up offense is because it stops the defense from putting in a blitz package. Uh, so the defense can't get but too fancy when it's hurry up all the time. So they, they basically run a two-minute drill, sometimes faster than a two-minute drill their entire game. So that makes it tough for defenses to switch in and out personnel, whether it's D-line because they need a break, or whether it's putting in different packages because maybe they're going to nickel, taking the linebacker and not putting another DB in, or just blitz packages. You can't get to them if by the time they get lined up, they're snapping the ball. You know, So uh, it's going to be tough on us, but I think we can handle it. We'll see. Uh, it is uh, something that the Pirates are certainly going to have to do tonight, the uh, game. Can be heard at 9 o'clock here on 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT. Uh, a timeout will come back. Uh, it has been an interesting series between these two. In fact, uh, a Conference USA Championship by the Pirates was won in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ryan Winter with a look at that. More comments from Coach Houston and more as we continue on here. Coming up tonight at 723 uh, in that neighborhood. Just say 720. Uh Pepsi back on campus at ECU. Landon Minji is my good friend. will join us for a few minutes here on the phone. Looking forward to that as he joins us live here. It's Pirate Game Day Countdown driven by Doug Henry Automotive. What do we say, Terry? I got my Doug Henry. We'll be back. ECU faces off against Tulsa this Friday. The current record, Pirates holding eight games to Tulsa seven over all their matchups. These teams first met on the field in 1984 where Tulsa picked up a home win 31 to 20. In their last matchup, Tulsa running back Shamari Brooks and quarterback Zach Smith spearheaded a balanced offensive attack that helped the Golden Hurricane blow past the Pirates 49-24 in the final game of the 2019 season for ECU. The Golden Hurricane racked up 669 yards of total offense, the fourth highest ever recorded against the Pirates to dampen ECU's senior day festivities. The Pirates took an early three-point lead, but Tulsa immediately got on the board, answering with a Smith pass to Sam Crawford for 66 yards and a score. Well, coverage, and there goes Crawford down the sideline. He's gone. Touchdown, Tulsa, for Sam Crawford. Tulsa scored the game's next 21 points and built a 28-3 lead. The Pirates answered midway in the third with a Holton Aylers touchdown pass to Blake Kroll. The throw to the back of the end zone for Kroll. Touchdown, ECU! Aylers passed for 308 yards on the day and three scored, including a 35-yard strike to fellow Conley Viking C.J. Johnson. Aylers rolls out, able to throw strong side, lofts it up for Jensen, and that's an ECU touchdown. The Pirates entered the game with momentum, but finished year one under Mike Houston with a 4-8 record after the loss to Tulsa. Houston vowed an improved program in 2020. For the all-time series, I'm Ryan Winter. Huddle up. The Houston Huddle.
Mike Houston's thoughts on this week's matchup and what's going on with the Pirate program right here on Pirate Game Day Countdown. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Philip Pilkington here with your Houston Huddle. Here's what head coach Mike Houston said earlier in the week about playing Tulsa. Exciting matchup this week. Uh, you know, Tulsa, got a, we all got a chance to see them Friday night uh, against South Florida. Uh, it was enjoyable to sit and watch the game, but uh, still uh, take away the same things I expected uh, going into that game. And that's, you know, we're, we're facing one of the better teams, uh, if not uh, possibly the best team on our schedule. Uh, I think just a very solid team from top to bottom. Uh, they're strong in all three phases. Uh, most of the guys are the, the group that played against us last year. You know, it's a team that is made up of fourth and fifth year players that have been in the program for multiple years. Uh, very experienced, very big, very athletic, uh, good football team. ECU is coming off of a bye, so an extra week of prep. And here is how Coach Houston and his staff spent the week preparing for the Golden Hurricanes. Now, with the time that we had, I mean, we looked at we looked at most of their games from last year, and just really trying to find, you know, some some different teams, you know, how they, you know, how, how they executed on either side of the ball against this team or that team based on what scheme they were seeing. Uh, so we looked at a good bit of film from last year coming into this game. Tulsa's defense is letting up less than 20 points a game, and here's what Coach Houston had to say about what ECU needs to do offensively to win the game tonight. Well, I think we've got to continue to build on our last two games out uh, in that, you know, in both of those games, we executed at a much higher level than we did earlier in the season. We had very few MAs up front on the offensive line uh, against Navy and against um, South Florida. And because of that execution, you know, we were very productive in the run game. Uh, the quarterbacks had a lot more time in the pocket. Uh, and so I just think, you know, we got we got to match their physicality up front, but we got to make sure we don't shoot ourselves in the foot. So as, as few as self-inflicted errors as possible, you know, which would allow us to you know, be more productive in the run game and the passing game. For Pirate Game Day Countdown, I'm the ref, Philip Pilkington. Now, a scoreboard update on Pirate Game Day Countdown. An action-packed college game day kicks off at noon at 16th ranked Kansas State. Battles West Virginia, the Mountaineers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. 23rd-ranked Iowa State travels to Kansas. The Jayhawks are the heavy underdogs by 28-and-a-half points. We have an ACC matchup as Wake Forest takes on Syracuse. The Demon Deacons are favored by nine points. At two, Houston is set to take on UCF in an American Conference matchup. The Cougars are the three-and-a-half-point underdogs. At four, sixth-ranked Oklahoma State takes on Texas. The Longhorns are the underdogs by only three points. At four, Louisville hosts Virginia Tech. The Hokies are the favorites by a field goal. At 7, we have an in-state matchup as Duke will take on Charlotte. The preview of that matchup is our very own Philip, the ref Pilkington. All North Carolina contest for this weekend is UNC Charlotte at 2-2 two two, heads to Durham to take on 1-5 Duke. Charlotte is coming off back-to-back wins and hopes their success will continue in Durham. Duke had a bye last week, but prior to that bye fell to NC State. Duke has struggled this year behind Clemson transfer quarterback Chase Bryce, who has 11 interceptions and six touchdowns. The one spark in the Duke offense has been their running game. They have a two-headed monster in Deion Jackson and Manteo Durant, who have both had over 350 rushing yards this year. Charlotte has a more balanced offense and hopes they can exploit a Duke defense that's been pretty average this season. For Pirate Game Day Countdown, I'm the ref, Philip Pilkin. Thanks, Philip. The Blue Devils are favored by 11 points in that matchup. 
And wrapping it up, the previously linked Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns travel to Texas State at 8. Texas State are the underdogs by 16.5 points. If you're a Pirate Game Day Countdown College Game Day Preview, I'm Ben Barham. All right, Ben, thank you. We wish we might let this one go. This is Rockwell. Gets a guest vocal from Michael Jackson on this. Because he's Barry Gordy's nephew. That's the only reason. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, I'm excited about our next segment. We're going to talk with uh, Landon Menges from Menges Bottling Group. Pepsi, rightfully, returning to ECU in 2021. So we'll talk to uh, Landon about that big announcement, which a lot of people are excited about in just a moment here on Pirate Game Day Countdown. Let's just do it, okay? Stay tuned after network coverage. We'll have the no-quarter postgame show with Trent McGee and Pirate football alum and all-conference offensive lineman Eric Graham. Now, more Pirate Game Day Countdown, driven by Doug Henry Automotive on 94.3 The Game with Patrick Johnson. Temps tonight at uh, 49 for kickoff, which is set for 9 Eastern. Eight local time in Tulsa, Oklahoma tonight. Temps will drop through the uh, 40s in this AAC primetime clash. You'll hear it here on 94.3 The Game and on 107.9 WNCT. We yield to the network inside of 40 minutes from now. You played some cold temperatures, more so in your professional career. but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think 40s is... 40's good. 40's good. 40's good. Yeah. 25 like it's going to be in Wyoming tonight for those guys from Hawaii. Not good for those guys. That's tough. That is. That's <laughs> Terrence Copper. We'll get more from T-Cop here in a minute. Hey, a big announcement this week. You know, we post a lot of stuff on our social media regarding sports and the Pirate Nation and beyond. And a story that just blew up on our social media this week was that uh, it's, it's a marriage, quite frankly, that should never have uh, broken up. Uh, ECU and Minji's bottling group Pepsi-Cola have uh, once again uh, joined forces. Pepsi will be all over the campus. It will be served at uh, the uh, all of the football games starting in 2021, uh, second half of the basketball season. It will mm. be in Minji's Coliseum. So it's always a little weird pouring that other soft drink That's true. in Minji's in Coliseum. <laughs> yes. Uh, a good friend for a number of decades and uh, we spoke about this uh, yesterday on air wanted to have the chance to talk to him tonight one of the biggest most optimistic pirate fans i know guy who loves uh, ecu is uh, my good friend landon Minjis, who's the uh, vice president of operations at Minjis bottling group it's great to have you on with us here on pirate game day countdown lando and, and congratulations to you all uh i'm very excited this is uh things are all's right with the world everybody's bemoaning 2020 it seems like now the cosmos has got back in line. <laughs> well, Patrick, um, appreciate you uh, having me on. I apologize if I break up a little bit. I'm a little under the weather, but I'm doing all right, doing much better. Um, yeah, it's been uh, been extremely exciting over the past 72 hours, to say the least. And I think, you know, what's most exciting for our family and uh, our employees is, like you mentioned earlier, you know, everybody reaching out all the social media. I mean, it's like these, these, these fans, these, these guys, every, or these people were, were ready for this transition and no more ready than we were. I can assure you that, you know, athletes like cool brands to be affiliated with cool brands. 
Uh, and Gatorade is part of this deal through Menji's Bottling. And I, I have to imagine the athletes are going to be fired up about that. What does all this include uh, when we say when we hear the poor rights? Could you just maybe give us the scope of, of what all of this means for uh, ECU yeah. and ECU athletics? Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> the original bid process was, um, you know, the main campus. Um, athletics was uh, worked out after the fact, but – you know, this is all your dining halls. This is all your full-service vending machines uh, on campus, um, the medical campus, everything over there. Um, you know, it's it's all inclusive, and of course, the sideline package as well for for athletics. And you know, having Gatorade on board. I mean, let's just face it. I mean, Gatorade is is Gatorade. They are uh, they're premier. They're number one. And look at all the options they have, where previously um, pirate athletes didn't have. You know, with with edibles and and you're talking about uh, protein bars and shakes and this that and the other, where you know the competition just couldn't provide that. So it's this is a big big deal for them and the performance for them. Landon Menjis, Vice President of Operations, Menjis Bottling Group, Pepsi Cola in Eastern North Carolina. Uh, you are, uh, I said this yesterday on my uh, daily radio show. You all uh, never quit supporting ECU even after the competitor won that bid a decade ago. And I think that's admirable because you all kept your support up for the pirates. And I think that's a, a thing. A lot of people, uh, the reason they're all excited about this, because they know how important uh, that Pepsi is to the Eastern Carolina community ECU, but also that you all have, have continued to be as much a local presence in the community and, and supporting ECU, despite not having those rights uh, for a decade. Yeah, we have done a, We've done our best to stay involved, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. Um, you know, we get pulled at in, in a lot of different directions, uh, mainly because of that global icon that hangs on the side of our building. I mean, Pepsi's a, it's global, so it's worldwide. People, you know, they, they, they come to that and gravitate to that for, for help, whatever the need may be, um, you know, philanthropic endeavors or what have you. So, you know, it's, uh, not going to say it didn't sting um, when we when we lost the bid. But oh, I was right there. To... I was right there ten years ago. You and I had we, you and I had a few <laughs> late night conversations about that over a Pepsi or two. I might have. Yes, we did, and, and I think me and you attended the first game together uh, for that following football season, where that was uh, an unpleasant experience. But you know, they stopped giving away tap water because of me. I promise you that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think you know it, it was uh, it was a tough feel for for a lot of family members, especially yeah. because there, you know, there's so much heritage and so much tradition with you know our family members going back to general surgeon at at, at Pitt Memorial Hospital back then. It was um, was the team physician. I mean, he flew on the game. I think he did this for free. I mean, Doctor Ray Menji. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. You know, and then you had Jack Menjis. That you know, the, a lot of family members that that launched the the Pirate Club, got that up and running, and just a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, um, literally, um, for the university. And you had to get past that part. But um, hey, you know what? It's uh, it's all blue sky now, so we're we're moving forward, and or purple sky, maybe I should say. Yeah. Well, I got to use that blue term lightly. But, <laughs> Pepsi, um, Pepsi it's, blue. Uh, yeah, Pepsi blue would be great. Exactly. So. Um, I, you know the family's excited. Our employees are excited. Obviously, the community's excited. You know, it's it's uh it is a, a, a match made in heaven for sure. Landon Minji's is the vice president of operations for uh, Minji's Bottling Group. Pepsi returning to the campus of ECU uh, in January of 2021. In fact, uh, January 11th. So you'll start to see that transition 
uh, after the uh, the new year, probably a little before the new year, but certainly after the new year, and, and in a time when students are supposed to come back to campus uh, later in uh, January. Uh, mentioned uh, Landon, but his brother Miles, very uh, instrumental in this. Their father, Jeff, who's uh, been a long time, again, another longtime friend and great supporter of a lot of things in the East and ECU. And I mentioned this yesterday. This uh, all happened around the time, the untimely passing of your uncle, uh, Tom, who was just, anybody knew Tom Minji's knew a character. And uh, I have to imagine he was smiling down yesterday uh, on all of well, this. Well, it's funny you say that because I was talking to a, uh, a dear friend of ours here in Greenville who, who was a cousin of a, a relative that um, passed away. And I said, we've got, a, we've got quite a few relatives smiling down this morning. So Tom absolutely was a – there wasn't a bigger pirate. Now, he might not have stayed the whole game, <laughs> but um, – <laughs> He'd he, he scoot out, uh, but uh, he was there at kickoff, and he was going to get his uh, Pepsi, his peanuts, and his popcorn. I can promise you that. I, stay the whole game. Hell, he might have stayed the first quarter, but that's all right. He was there at the yeah. beginning. Of it. He saw purple. Yeah, you look, you turn around and say, Tom, how about, and you just kind of stop <laughs> and keep going. Hey, uh, let's, let's, uh, this is important. What a landmark day. Give me a little primer on how you think things are going under Coach uh, Houston and, and what you think about the game tonight. Well, first of all, um, I like Coach Houston a lot. I like what he brings to uh, pirate football. I've had a few opportunities to talk personally with him, and you know, my God, can he get anything else thrown at him right now? That that is, you know, it's hard to build any program with what you've got going on right now. You know, it's uh, and of course everybody's in the same boat, but you know, when you're already starting at a little bit of a disadvantage, it's it's tough. But man, he's got a positive attitude. Um, matter of fact. He sent me a message late last night, and he didn't have to do this with everything he's got on his mind, but he sent me a message congratulating yeah, um, us yeah. and or, or me and the family and everybody involved. And, you know, that that's, that shows what kind of guy he is and the character that, that you know, he's he's going to be good for ECU. we got to give him a chance. we got to give this team a chance, and we've got to give, you know, we got to get out of this year with, with everything, the, all the obstacles that we're facing. So it's – um. They got a tough one tonight. There's no doubt about it. I'll be peeled in, but um, or yeah. tuned in for sure. But it's um, I think they're heading in the right direction. Houston's the man for the job. We just got to give him the opportunity. Landon Minji's uh, vice president of operations at Minji's Bottling Group, Pepsi, coming back to ECU in 2021, and uh, all is right with the world as far as that goes. Is uh, thank you for doing this. I didn't realize you were under the weather because we communicated via text, but. Uh, Thank you for doing it on top of that, and uh, enjoy the game tonight. We'll catch up with you soon. Wouldn't have missed it, buddy. We've got a, we've got a long history together for sure. Absolutely. Well, now we can – K-Town boys. K-Town, I, yeah, so. this is one of my K-Town buddies here, T-Cop, uh, Landon. <laughs> I've known Landon since, oh, gosh, probably decades. I mean, literally decades. Uh, great Absolutely. job there. Happy for you guys. We'll, see, we'll talk to you soon, Landon. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much, Patrick. All right. There he goes, Landon Minjis. I'm not lying to you, Terrence. I mean, this blew up on social media. This, people were – Pirate Nation wanted a win. They got one. So they, yep. there we go. <laughs> hopefully another one tonight. Uh, we don't know the, the exact fan situation. Uh, there will there have been fans in the stands for ECU. Next week's game's at noon against Tulane. Uh, we were talking on my show this week about uh, some folks coming through with some tickets, so we might have some ticket opportunities for people who maybe, you know, uh, aren't in that top 3,500 priority or – want to go to a game, take their son or daughter to a game and haven't had a chance to. More on that on my show, uh, the Patrick Johnson Show, 5 o'clock on, uh, 
on Monday, and uh, we'll start to do some of that next week. Going to work on shoring up those details over the weekend. You know one of the uh, people who's involved uh, in this process very okay. well. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you, um, it's their first home game tonight. Mm-hmm. Tulsa's coming in with some expectations. They're playing high school football in Oklahoma, so I'd assume that they're going to have some fans in the stands tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's a good thing to have some some fans in there, and it, it does give a little atmosphere to the game where otherwise you would not. Yeah, and I think I think it's good for for Tulsa uh, because, of course, when you're at home, you want that that home game experience. You want that that crowd noise. Uh, regardless of how many people are in the stands, but you want those che- those those fans cheering for you. For East Carolina, you know, it, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they have fans in the stands. You, if they did, you gotta block it out because I mean, you're away anyways. It's it's East Carolina versus everybody else there anyway. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't ma- it doesn't matter if they had fans or any. We're gonna take a timeout. More of our Pirate Game Day countdown, and uh, we'll get into this ECU defense. We talked about them at the beginning of the show. In case you missed that, uh, we'll scout what the Pirates. Got to do defensively to get a win against Tulsa. The action all begins at noon tomorrow's top-ranked Clemson hosts Boston College. The Tigers, without Trevor Lawrence due to a positive COVID-19 test, are still the heavy favorites by 31.5 points. 13th-ranked Michigan is in a rivalry matchup between Michigan State. The Wolverines are favored by 23.5 points. Meanwhile, 7th-ranked Cincinnati is set to take on Memphis in a heated American Conference matchup. Tigers are the underdogs by touchdown. 16th-ranked Kansas State battles West Virginia. The Mountaineers are the three-and-a-half-point favorites. 23rd-ranked Iowa State travels to Kansas. The Jayhawks are the heavy underdogs by 28-and-a-half points. We have an ACC matchup as Wake Forest takes on Syracuse. The Demon Deacons are favored by nine points. At two, Houston set to take on UCF in an American Conference matchup. The Cougars are the three-and-a-half-point underdogs. At 3.30, Skip Holtz and Louisiana Tech battle UAB. The Blazers are favored by 9.5 points. Georgia Tech battles 4th-ranked Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish are favored by 20 points. Auburn hosts LSU in an SEC matchup. The Auburn Tigers are 2.5-point underdogs. At 7, the Canadian Mac Jones' second-ranked Alabama hosts Mississippi State. The Bulldogs are underdogs by 32 points. At 7.30, we have an American Conference matchup. 22nd-ranked SMU hosts Navy. The Midshipmen are 16-point underdogs. And wrapping up at 10-15 with a late-night Halloween matchup, Zach Wilson and 11th-ranked BYU set to take on Western Kentucky. The Cougars are favored by 28.5 points. Here at Pirate Game Day Countdown College Game Day Preview, I'm Ben Byram. Let's go! Win on three, one, two, three. More often imitated, never duplicated. Award-winning Pirate Game Day Countdown, driven by Doug Henry Automotive on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. I've had a few of those, the season of the witch in my younger days. Maybe something else that rhymes with it, but a few, few bad seasons. Uh, Pirates trying to improve on their season, get their uh, second win. They were oh so close against Navy. Second half of the season, really, is what we're looking at uh, here tonight. And uh, Terrence, when you look at this defense, Xavier Smith has been uh, sensational. I think tonight where they did this a little bit against uh, USF, you've got to kind of get to the quarterback tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, that might be something this this team's going to have to do this evening. Yes, we got to, we have to get after the quarterback. Uh, but before we even get after the quarterback, we have to stop the run. Because uh, if you're not stopping the run, you're not going to have an opportunity to get to the quarterback because they're not going to throw it much. They're going to keep turning around, handing it off, 
throwing screens. We have to be able to stop the run. We have to make them one-dimensional. Uh, and that's stopping the run and getting them to throw the ball. Uh, that's, that is one of the keys to success tonight. And and the defense got to continue to play. And, of course, like I said earlier, build on that confidence that they've been they've been having with them. The fact they've been getting better yeah. week after week after week, especially the last two games we played, they've gotten so much better. You know, so we got to just build on that confidence and go into go into this game. Yeah, I thought the way they played the triple option was, I mean, just shows you how locked in this defense yeah. is. They were helped, as Kevin said earlier in the hour, by what the offense did at South Florida. But I don't think you can dispute what Blake Harrell has done. He, he's really energized this defense. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's in some ways simplified things. Mm-hmm. They haven't even put everything in yeah. defensively, and. Uh, that might that might be a, gr- a great well, thing. I was going to say, I think, yeah. I think they've it's the old kiss, keep it simple, stupid. I think yep. they've done that, and uh, that has really allowed these guys to just play football mm-hmm. and to play fast. Yeah, they are you're playing not, fast. You're not out there thinking a lot. No, absolutely. Uh, Terrence, would you look at um, the secondary though? That's an area tonight that you know it just has never been a strong suit. Yeah, in all the years we've been following pirate football, I mean, there's been some. No disrespect to the Kevin Monroe, Forrest Foster, Hart Twins of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love those guys. Yeah, but uh, Kevin Monroe isn't walking through that door. That's true. <laughs> we, and we, there's some. And it'll help Tank Robinson's back tonight. Yeah, yeah. We we kind of always struggled in the secondary, even though we had some good talent back there in the secondary. Right. We kind of always struggled. Uh, we just got to come up, make sure the coaches come up. I'm quite sure they have come up with schemes that fits the players that we have, because uh, we have some talented players. Uh, but at the end of the day, they have to make plays. They have to guard. They have to cover. They have to make plays. And when it's time for them to come up and make a run in the run game, especially the safeties, yep. they have to come up and make those plays. Speaking of that pirate secondary and the aforementioned defensive coordinator Blake Harrell, he discussed the play of that group this week. Yeah, those guys are doing a heck of a job coaching those guys up back there, and and you see improvement from week to week to week. I think if you just compare the the first two ball games to the last two ball games, uh, you see a total different secondary. I mean, a, a secondary that's uh, confident, flying around, uh, making plays, going up and getting the ball, and that's kind of nice to have back there, and you feel more and more comfortable with those guys every week. Terrence, Pirate offense has done some good things, obviously, a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. They've controlled tempo. Uh, they've controlled time of possession very nicely at times this year. Even with uh, Mason Garcia starting at quarterback at times against Navy, mm-hmm. uh, they look good on, on uh, offense moving the football at times. So how much does the offense – need to be that part of the ball that helps the defense in a game like tonight? Uh, big. It's not just the offense, though. Even though we're talking about offense, it's offense, defense, and special teams. Collectively, they got to help each other. Collectively, they got to help each other. Offensively, we got to be able to run the ball. We have to be able to run the ball. And we have to, And for Holton just starting out, the best thing for, for offense coordinator to do when it comes to a guy that just, that's been kind of sitting around for two weeks is to – Throw some quick stuff just so he can see the ball call. You know, throw some yeah. quick game stuff, uh, just one read stuff, just get it out just to build his confidence back up because uh, he haven't played in two weeks. You know, so just getting the quarterback going and just getting the offense moving, getting a couple of first downs early and jumping out on this team early. Uh, we cannot allow this team to jump out on us early. We have to put pressure not just on the team but their offensive coordinator as well because once – Every offense coordinator knows you got a game plan going into the going into the game, but as soon as you get hit in the mouth like Mike Tyson say, and you get down by fourteen, <laughs> by fourteen or seventeen points, your whole thought process start to change. East Carolina maybe doesn't have the uh, 
the pass rush to bother uh, the Golden Hurricane and uh, Smith so much a quarterback. So I think maybe some blitzes and disguising some yes. blitzes early on, you have to do that. Yes, you definitely have to disguise. But it can't just be blitz where they know it's coming. You have to disguise and, and bring some, some guys in the secondary. Uh, and me personally, I like bringing guys from the secondary because, for one, they can get there quicker. Uh, they're a little faster than maybe some linebackers. It depends on where you're bringing a linebacker from. But I love disguising blitzes. Uh, I think that's one thing we have to do today just to help put pressure on the quarterback when you can. We've got uh, ECU and uh, and uh, Tulsa tonight at uh, 9 o'clock. Uh, you can uh, hear coverage at the top of the hour from the network uh, via uh, Learfield IMG College, and uh, the guys will have that uh, coverage for you uh, tonight as uh, Chapman Stadium in Tulsa, Oklahoma will be the site of the game. Uh, hear it on 107.9 WNCT and right here on 94.3 The Game. Coming up, T-Cops keys to the game. By the way, the fighting Scotty Moes have already gotten on the board. Maryland at home, despite a bit of a shaky opening drive. Big run from Tua's brother at quarterback. And Maryland on the board 7-0 over Minnesota. One of three games being played tonight. We'll be back. Pirate Game Day countdown driven by Doug Henry. I got my Doug Henry. And now... The stunning conclusion of Pirate Game Day Countdown. On 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. I gotta give Ben a lot of credit tonight with the uh, kind of Halloween themed music. Great job. Some of them are in a little bit of a reach, but that, mm-hmm. that's okay, though. I, that, I like the vibe. There is a good vibe to it's it. Good though. vibe. Good vibe to it. Appreciate it, fellas. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ben Byram, Ben, what do you have as far as an updated Vegas odds? You know, for entertainment purposes only, I think this thing opened at 17 and a half. I've seen it at 16 and a half. I've even seen it at 19 at one point this week, depending on where you go. What are the current Line, you know, the line, the over-under. What are they all saying now? Again, for entertainment purposes only. I got, ben you, I got you. Yeah. The latest lines are saying that the Pirates are 17-point underdogs right now. Okay. What do you think of that? That's fair. That's fair. I mean. Over-under is 60 and a half. I, I don't know. Tulsa's defense is good. Maybe take the under on that. Again, if you're so inclined for entertainment no. purposes only. I do think this. I think the Pirates are going to have to score into the twenties, maybe even to the thirties, to have a shot tonight. And I'm not. I'm not so sure they're going to. Not because they can't, because that's how good this Tulsa defense is. Defense is. They have a great defense. They haven't given up over thirty points this entire season. I mean, they only played three games, but the three games they played have been against some good competition. Oklahoma State, number six in the country. They only gave up uh, what. 16 points. 16 points. Yeah. Then UCF, we already know how their offense can score. They gave up 26 points. Uh, USF, they gave up 13. You know, so they're not giving up a ton of points, and they're stopping some good offenses. So, like, we got our hands cut out for us, but like I said, there's always a chance we can pull this out. Uh, this is uh, coming up tonight. Uh, a quick note on next week's broadcast. We'll be back in the morning on uh, a week from Saturday. First November broadcast of the year will be on the air beginning at uh, 9 a.m. 
with our Pirate Game Day countdown for T-Cop and me. That's, you know, kind of middle of our day. For Ben Byram, he's usually still asleep, I believe. <laughs> we'll get Ben up Come roused up early there. <laughs> Maybe T-Cop or John Moore can make him some coffee and get him going for, uh, for next week. All right, uh, you ready for the keys to the game? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Uh, oh, I, let me just add, the 9 a.m. Uh, pregame start is because of the 12 noon kick against uh, Tulane, who plays Temple tomorrow, uh, another future Pirate opponent. Okay, a, tie, a uh, time now, I should say, for uh, Terrence Copper's keys to the game. Beats his man and runs it in! What do the Pirates have to do to win today's matchup? We'll tell you right now with our keys to the game for the ECU Pirates. It's good for the win! On Pirate Game Day Countdown. Driven by Doug Henry Automotive. First, let's start with special teams. We talk, kind of talked about it earlier today. Special teams need to set up scores for the offense. Not necessarily score, but they need to set up scores. We talked about it earlier. Big returns. Uh... Downing the ball inside the 10 on punts, getting tackles inside the 20 and the 15 on kickoffs, just setting up scores. Uh, we need to make hit all our field goals, all our PATs, and we're very capable of doing that. We had an amazing uh, field goal kicker. Defensively, we got to be able to stop the run. If we can't stop the run and kind of make them one-dimensional, it's going to be a long night. Yeah, we, we have to stop the run. Offensively, first thing we have to do, we got to get Houghton going uh, because if he's not clicking, we're not clicking. You know, so we have to get Houghton going early in the game. We have to hold on to the ball. We we cannot we can't turn the ball or we can't give them anything, especially playing a team like this on the road. We cannot give them anything. Uh, and penalties. We gotta be very we have to keep our penalties to a man manageable. We can't we can't go out giving up six, eight, nine, ten penalties a game. We can't do it. Uh, not trying to beat this team. Uh reportedly According to uh, a source, uh, Demetrius Mooney will not be back tonight. He missed the Navy game. Mm -hmm. And South Central product Jeremy Lewis is the other, or at least another, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, COVID-related casualty, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, Just know that uh, he is not involved in uh, piecing all this together with the COVID numbers. That's the assumption. Mike Houston, I'm sure, will clarify that after the game. Uh, in his post-game kept press conference, and I'm sure the guys will have a lot more on this coming up at the top of the hour. I want to go back to the special teams uh, thing really, really quick. You said, obviously, setting up scores. Mm-hmm. Coverage is also very important Definitely. in a game like this. You don't want to give a Tulsa offense that can go a short field. I tend to think I'd like to see a little rabbit out of the hat here. I'd like to see a special teams, mm-hmm. uh, little you know, a little trick play. Yeah, I, you know, this is a good, solid football team that the Pirates are building. Uh, and so I don't think you have to go out there and trick it up every play. But I, I think in a game like tonight, you've had some time to work on some things. Mm-hmm. You have Holt Naylor's back. You do want to get him going early. But anything that's maybe a little bit of a – has a little bit of a gizmo or gadget play on offense, but certainly special teams, which we've seen, you know, a block punt for a score. We've seen the fake, fake field goal for the score. I'm not saying you run those, but maybe you do something that puts you in a position to, uh, you know, maybe extend a drive. Definitely. Perhaps go for a score or something. Especially when you have an opportunity to, to fake a punt. Maybe if you're in, in four-down territory and you line up to punt the ball, but you go for it, you know, or you fake it. Uh, or something that we used to do when I used to play in the league or before these rules changed, we used to do surprise onside kicks. Yeah. We surprised. But now the fact that you don't get that running start, that you don't get that running start on, on kickoffs, the surprise or onside. Kick it short, maybe. Yeah, but 
the, the surprise onside kick doesn't work as well right. because you don't get that full steam of speed going full speed yeah. to kind of meet the ball right at 10 yards. Uh, that's Terrence Copper. Great job, Terrence. Great to see you. We'll see you next Saturday. Thanks, Pat. For the ref, Philip Pilkington and uh, Ben Byram and our entire crew putting uh, this broadcast together. I'm Patrick Johnson. Stay tuned. Network coverage begins at the top of the hour. ECU and Tulsa kick off at 9 o'clock tonight.